Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. I'm so excited to get into part two of Bless Not Stressed. We're going to be asking ourselves the question, what does it mean to be blessed? Y'all ready? Let's get into it. Well, welcome, welcome to Beacon Church Online. If you're in a crew right now, I want to welcome you. Maybe you're watching from all around the world. Thanks for tuning in today. And if this message encourages you, I want to challenge you to, to like, to share, throw a comment on the video, and please subscribe to the channel so you can be the first person to be notified when we upload new content every single week. So, Bless Not Stressed, week two, I want to talk to you about this thing called stuff. And I want to title our message, The Stuff Doesn't Matter. The Stuff Doesn't Matter. I like stuff. A lot of people like stuff. The all-inclusive word that could mean new things, new car, new home, all sorts of stuff. And there's something really satisfying about getting something new. There's something really satisfying about being able to say, I have a lot of stuff. But in all reality, the truth is the stuff doesn't matter. And a lot of people will say, I'm blessed because I have stuff. But the truth is blessings come from God. And being blessed has nothing to do with what you have. There's a guy in the Bible named Job. His name's spelled like Job, J-O-B. The story is really incredible. It, it reads a lot like a play. The way it was written, it has this prologue. It has these dialogues. Then it has several monologues back and forth. And then it concludes with an epilogue. And Job is one of the most blessed, one of the most richest individuals in the entire East. And it says that, in fact... He was a great man. He was a man of integrity. He was noble. And so watch what happens. I'm going to set up the story for you, though, and read Job chapter 1, just a few verses from verse 1 and on, just to show you just how wealthy he really was. And then something crazy happens. Job chapter 1, verse 1 says, There once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God. And he stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. He, in fact, was the richest person in that entire area. That would be the equivalent to him having several homes, many mansions, uh, you know, tons of cars, all kind of different things that you would have today. And multiple businesses or whatever. And here's the thing that, that's so wild. God and Satan are having a conversation because Satan says to God, I bet the only reason he serves you, but the only reason he trusts you, but the only reason that he's, he is following you is because of all the stuff. So if you let me take away all of his possessions, if you let me take away all the things that he has, I bet he won't serve you anymore. And so God, he's you know, all knowing he, he totally knows that's false and he's going to prove Satan wrong. So what does he do? He says, okay, take away his stuff. And literally in a matter of minutes, Job loses all that he has. 
It says that his, his sheep died in a terrible fire. It says that enemies stole Job's camels and others took oxen and his donkeys. And so in the morning, he was the richest person in the land. And in the evening, he was one of the poorest, losing everything. But his response to this tragedy is what is so incredible and shows Job's character. Because in in Job 1, verse 21 and 22, it says the Lord, he says this to God. He says, the Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 22 says, in all of this, he did not sin by blaming God. Satan runs back to God and he says, okay, okay, I was wrong. It's not the stuff, it's his family. If you take away his family, then I can guarantee he's gonna blame you. He's gonna turn his back on you. God says, well, take away his family and see what happens. And so Job then gets word that his family has perished. His sons and his daughters have died. And the same thing takes place instead of Job blaming God and pointing the finger and, and running away, Job runs to God. And then even later, Job falls ill himself, but yet still doesn't choose to blame God for any of the problems that come. Even his wife is angry and frustrated. Even his own wife is challenging him. You should blame God. This is obviously a curse. You've done something wrong. And Job says, no. Can we not trust God? Can we not love God when we have everything or if we have nothing? This is the true test of Job's character. And God wanted to prove the enemy wrong and really teach us something. Because although he had everything in one moment, he had nothing another, he was still blessed regardless. I wonder if you lost everything. Like if if today you lost everything, who would you blame? Who would you blame? Who would you point the finger at? Would you look up to heaven? Would you start talking to God about it? Would you run from God? Would you blame God? Would you try to get new things to fill the emptiness? Would you you run to something to try to, to fill your life up because of the pain and the hurt? A lot of people would blame God. A lot of people would run from God because they feel like God is punishing them or they've done something wrong or this is God's fault. And in fact, I've talked to families. And listen, I've I've prayed with families who have gone through extreme tragedy. I've prayed and talked to families who have gone through some serious hardships. And some, they chose to run from God. Some chose to blame God. And I had to encourage them and say, this is not God punishing you. This is not God's fault. This is, this is life. And God wants you to trust him through this. I've talked to others who have lost so many things. And yet they chose to hold on to their faith. I want to encourage you when times get hard, when tragedy strikes, don't run from God, run to God. You know, it's kind of crazy talking about this because it reminds me of literally a week that I just had that seemed like everything was falling apart. Have you ever had one of those those weeks or even one of those days where thing after thing just goes wrong and you feel like everything is chaotic Really, it's only a couple of things, but in all reality, your emotions are elevated and you feel like all hell is breaking loose. It's always going to be like this. I'm never going to get out of this. It's always going to be so hard. And last week was one of those weeks for me. 
Man, I tell you, we were traveling. I was exhausted. We came back home. My wife got sick. My son got sick. Then I got sick. And then as I'm getting better, I have to get rushed to the emergency room because my heart is spazzing out. It decides to beat 100 miles an hour. I can't seem to calm it down whether I've had too much caffeine or what. I don't know. And so it went from that to me having to be literally on bed rest to try to stay calm. Then I get word that my father-in-law gets in a car accident and then they have a leak in their house, which causes part of their roof to cave in. And it was like thing after thing after thing going wrong in our family, our extended family. I remember it was like Thursday of last week, man, me and my wife, we just gathered together and we began to pray. We began to just plead the blood of Jesus over our family, over our house, over our life, our bodies. Man, she was walking around praying and asking God for protection. And, you know, we laid in bed that night and grabbed our son and we just remembered how blessed we really are. We have each other and God has continued to provide for us. He's continued to give us what we need. That's what being blessed is all about. And when tragedy strikes. Don't run away from God. Don't run to the world to try to fill your life and fix your problems. Run to God. The cure for loneliness is not getting more stuff, okay? The cure for loneliness is getting into God's presence. When we lose it all, all of a sudden we're vulnerable and we feel like this loneliness takes place, but that's the best time to run into the presence of God. In James chapter 12, chapter 1, verse 12, it says, God blesses those who endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. He's talking about eternal life. Having gone through testing and trials and temptation on this earth, having trusted him, we receive that crown. We receive heaven as the prize. Another verse Another translation of the same verse says it like this, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. I love that. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to love, to those who love him. When trials hit, you're still blessed. When you have it all, you're still blessed. When all seems to be going wrong, don't don't run from God, run to God. Many people have such little faith in a trial. Even Christians, it seems like they have the biggest of faith when everything is going great. And then when stuff starts to happen, when the stress levels rise, all of a sudden their faith level goes away. Their faith level diminishes. And I read a quote that I think is, man, it's, it's so good. And it summarizes this. And it says, when your faith is small, the devil can rip it out. The devil can can easily come in and start feeding you lies, start telling you stuff and start trying to distract you and tell you just how bad everything is. When you are, are thinking nothing about how, when you are thinking literally about how bad it is and everything going wrong, you're not going to be focused on how blessed you are. See, the result of being blessed is not gaining anything and gaining all this stuff. The result of being blessed is being able to look at what God has done in your life and give him thanks and give him praise for it. And that's what's going to get you through that hard time you're going through. Do what Job did, okay? Replace your worry with worship. Some of you need to do that. You need to replace all the stress that you've been dealing with, the worry, the anxiety with 
worship. If you're in a crew right now, that's something so good to write down and, and to really take heart. When I'm worried, I worship. When I'm worried, I worship. So on that day, Job lost everything. And then he lost his family. And then he became ill himself. And he still chose to talk to God, praise God, honor God. You know, Paul, he went through some crazy stuff too. His story is a little bit different than Job because Paul was persecuted because of his faith. Paul was running around preaching the gospel and constantly getting beaten, constantly getting thrown in jail, made fun of, ridiculed, and God was using him constantly. But he wrote this incredible scripture, one of my absolute favorite of all time. Romans 5, verse 3 through 5 says, we can rejoice too. We can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And then he goes on to say, and endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And a hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. When you go through a hard time, that's the best time to rejoice. When you go through something tough, that's the best time to look the enemy in the face and say, you will not win this battle. You will not get me or my family. You will not distract me. You will not take me away from our relationship with God. God is still good whether life seems to be good or not. And so today you're blessed. You're blessed. You can be blessed, not stressed because of what God has done in your life. Job had been rich, he had been poor, but all along the way, he was still blessed. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give you a chance if you are watching and you're in a crew right now, or maybe you're watching alone, I'm gonna give you two questions and it's a chance to pause this video and just reflect for a minute on these two questions. And your crew, you guys can talk back and forth just a little bit. I'm gonna read these questions to you and then I'll get back into part two of this in just a second. But if you want to watch through it, that's fine. Or if you want to pause it, that'll be awesome. Here's the two questions, though, for you to discuss today. How do you define the word blessed? How would you define being blessed? And the second question is, how many times do you thank God for what he's already given you? How many times do you thank God for what he's given you? Okay, those are your two questions. What does it mean to be blessed and how many times do you thank God for what he's given you? Okay, if you're in a crew, pause this video and then return when you're finished. had a great discussion. I hope you, you dove into those questions. There'll be a couple more that y'all can chat about at the very end of today's message. But I want to give you two really practical principles to help you understand and maybe define what being blessed really is. Okay. Being blessed is not about what you have. It's about who you have. It's not about what you have. It's about who you have. And the second principle is being blessed. is not about material gifts. It's about God gifts. Okay. It's about God gifts. You can always tell what's in somebody's heart when they get something they don't want. 
You can always tell what's in somebody's heart when you get something or when they get something they didn't want. For instance, you remember around like Christmas time or maybe a time when you're going to receive a gift. Maybe it's your birthday. You had your expectation of what you were going to get. Maybe your hopes were raised. You thought you were going to get this one thing that, man, you have been wanting for so long. Gosh, I just, I'm so excited. You open the present, you crack the box, you rip it open, and it's not what you thought it was. And you think to yourself, man, you know, you try to fake the smile. (laughs) You try to thank the people who gave it to you. Thank you so much, man. Oh, this is awesome. But deep down inside, you know, you're just faking that emotion because, man, that is not what you wanted. That is not at all what you expected to get. And see, emotions, the thing about them is they come and go. Having an emotional moment is only temporary, but yet so many people live their life based on their emotions. And that's why people get addicted to getting stuff. That's why people get addicted to, to buying new things. It's because this emotional high of getting something new makes them feel so good. Often, though, people who literally live their life on stuff, they're trying to bury their problems. And so getting new things and getting all of all of the stuff, maybe getting more money and getting a new car, man, it makes them feel so good about themselves. Makes makes them feel so good about their life. They they try to bury their loneliness. They try to bury the emptiness inside of their life. And that's why so many people will tell you, even those who are incredibly wealthy and have everything they can imagine, if they figured it out, they'll be able to tell you it's not about all these things that bring me joy. It's not about all this, this stuff that gives me a life to, to live. They recognize being blessed goes far beyond that. The stuff doesn't matter. Your emotions wear off, which is why when you go on a buying spree and you get everything, After a while, you feel like you need more stuff. A blessed life recognizes what God has already done for you. A blessed life recognizes what God has already done for you. Being blessed has nothing to do with what you have. It's all about who you have around you and who you have in you. Who you have around you and who you have in you will define how blessed you are. Listen, the priority in life is to walk around having knowing I get to see Jesus one day because he's living inside of me. And because of that, I am blessed. You are blessed because Jesus lives in you. You are blessed because Jesus has forgiven you. You are blessed because Jesus has saved your life. Come on, somebody. That gives me a reason to rejoice and give God praise. Here's the greatest thing about these two principles. When we recognize what truly makes us blessed, we can celebrate, we can be thankful for what we have, we can be thankful for who we have, and then we can be thankful for what God's given us. Therefore, it doesn't matter what we get or what we lose. We still know how blessed we are because what God has already done. This is what I love about the story of Job, though. And it's sometimes overlooked because we focus on all the stuff that Job lost externally. But see, there was something as you get to the very end of this entire book that you see that God wanted to do something in Job as well. There was this little root deep down inside under all of these layers that God had to get to. This little root of pride or self-reliance or whatever it was that God had to dive down into his life to get out 
to make him stronger, to make him persevere, to even get him out of the season he was in to the next season God wanted him to go to. And many times, you know, we focus on the external stuff, but I don't know how many of you are holding on to internal stuff. See, the stuff on the inside doesn't matter either. And so many times we choose to hold on to unnecessary things in our life. How many times do you literally hold on to stuff that does not matter? Whether it was something someone said to you, whether it was a past decision that God has forgiven you for, whether it's literally your past that you're still looking back at, frustrated and disheartened. Maybe it's the future you that you're trying to be and wishing you could be. Maybe it's the Instagram version of you. You are trying so hard to be somebody that you are not. So you're holding on to all this stuff. And what happens is the stuff in your life turns into baggage that weighs you down instead of helping propel you forward. See, I'm blessed because I can give God all my stuff. I'm blessed not just because of of the things I have externally. I'm blessed because of what he's done for me internally. Come on, somebody. I'm blessed because of the richness that I feel in a relationship with God. I'm blessed because of the joy he's given to me. I'm blessed because of help that he's given to me. I'm blessed because I don't have to hold on to things. I'm blessed because I don't have to be addicted and I don't have to to worry about my mistakes. I'm I'm blessed because I don't have to, to, to deal with all of these issues that the world tries to give me. I'm blessed because I can surrender to God. And my life is surrendered. Therefore, I know I'm blessed. So when trials come, when hard times come, when somebody tries to to come at me, when haters are going to be hating at me, when, when stuff goes wrong and it's out of my control, I'm not holding on to the stuff. I've, in fact, let it go because I know it doesn't matter. It's the presence of God. It's the power of God. It's the peace of God that will get me through. I'm blessed not stressed. You're blessed, not stressed. You are blessed. You don't have to be stressed. Man, so many things right now, so many things you could be holding on to in your life. I wonder if maybe that's been the result of your stress. I wonder if that's been the result of some of the baggage and things you've been dealing with is because you've been holding on to things. Unforgiveness, Bitterness, anger, your past, whatever it is, the stuff doesn't matter. Now listen, the story of Job ends incredibly. It's a happy ending, okay? He loses everything, but God restores what he had and then blesses him with even more. He comes out on the other side of this crazy tragedy and God gives him so much more. And the beauty of it is because Job chose to praise God when he didn't have anything, Job could rejoice even though he had everything and still give God thanks. See, sometimes God wants you to go through something that might be challenging just so when you get through it, you can give God praise. You can thank God for providing for you. You can thank God for getting you through that thing. You can use it as a testimony to help somebody else who's going through a hard time and say, look, God got me through this and God's gonna get you through this. The only thing is we have to choose to run, not from God, but run to God. 
I wonder today if you have been basing the life that you are living, if you've been basing what you think being blessed is all about from the things that you have. If you maybe have thought, man, I'm so blessed because I, I, I have this, I live here, I drive this, I've got great money, I've got a big business. But today I think God wants to remind you, you are blessed even without all of that. Because some people don't have things that, that they really want. Some people don't have hardly anything. And yet they're equally as blessed as someone who would have everything. I want to challenge you today to thank God for what you have. Don't wish and want for those things anymore. It's okay to get new things. It's okay to, to want more stuff, but not to fill your life to make you feel blessed. The stuff doesn't matter. And I want to challenge you when you are feeling stressed, when you are feeling anxious, when, when, when stuff is keeping you up at night, let the peace of God come into your life and remind you, you are blessed. You are forgiven. You are loved. You have you, you don't have to be stressed anymore because you are blessed. The stuff doesn't matter. What's going on in your life today? What are you feeling right now in your heart? What, is, what has been keeping you up at night? Today, I want to encourage you. Let's surrender that to God. Let's surrender that to Jesus and allow his peace, allow his presence, allow joy to come into your life because you are blessed. I'm gonna pray for you. And listen, if, if you've never received Jesus into your life and you're watching this video and you say, man, I wanna make God, I wanna make Jesus the Lord of my life. I wanna surrender everything and invite him in. As I pray, literally all you have to say is, Jesus, forgive me of my sin and come into my life. Or maybe you are saved, but you're watching this dealing with so much baggage, dealing with some stress and some things that you need to surrender to God right now. I'm going to pray for you. And as I pray, let God take the stuff that's been holding you back and be reminded today that you are blessed. Come on, will you pray with me? God, we lift your name. We thank you. God, we give you praise for what you do and what you have done in our life. God, we know we are blessed right now. Sitting here watching this video, I am blessed. And so today, God, no matter what we are dealing with, no matter the problems that maybe an individual is facing, Jesus, I pray you will remind them of your blessing on their life, of your hand on their life. God, restore peace to their life, restore joy to their life, Holy Spirit. And I pray a hedge of protection around every, every person watching this video. I pray that, that you will cover them and saturate them with your love and grace right now, Jesus. God, we thank you that we are blessed. We don't have to be stressed. We say all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hey, thank you so much for watching this video. I hope part two really encouraged you, man, because next week's going to be even better. So I want to invite you to, to come back, watch next week. It's going to be awesome. If you haven't caught week one last week, go back and watch that as well and get yourself 
caught up. I love you so much, man. We're so thankful that you chose to watch this video. Hey, if you're in a crew right now, I love you so much. I'm gonna give you a chance to go discuss some questions even further. And listen, we can't wait to see you soon. Love you. God bless. See you.